checking out the Anchor Faith Message Podcast from St. Augustine, Florida. Now enjoy this message. Well, we've been uh, on a journey talking about the ministry of the Holy Spirit. The ministry of the Holy Spirit. And we've said this, a lot of people still do not understand in the church today the ministry of the Holy Spirit. And it's actually the ministry of the Holy Spirit who is the only one that's active in the earth today. Jesus, we already know, finished his assignment, right? We've said this time and time again. He said it is finished. He came to die, to raise, to put us back in a position, amen, of sons and daughters of the king, glory to God, to bring redemption to our life. And he's already fulfilled that assignment and said it is finished. And we know that when he went, he said, it's to your advantage that I go so that what? He can come. Who was the he he was talking about? The person of the Holy Spirit, right? We've said this, that the Holy Spirit is not a dove. It is the third person of the Godhead. And it's actually the Holy Spirit that is involved in our lives today, right? Hallelujah. And we know God the Father, he's already created the earth. He's already done everything he was going to do for mankind. He sent his son. Amen. And he's done. So God the Father's done. Jesus Christ is sitting at his right hand. And it is the Holy Spirit whom we are connecting with in the earth today. The Holy Spirit is that person that we are in union with and communion with and communication with. Amen. Hallelujah. And so I don't have time to go all the way back to the beginning because this is going on weeks and weeks of teaching, but I do encourage you that if you need to know more about the Holy Spirit, then you need to go back and listen to all this series. Amen. Because it is going to benefit your life. Amen. So uh, last week we started dealing with They're talking about the fact that there are many functions of the Holy Spirit. A lot of times people only, when you hear about the Holy Spirit, only talk about the Holy Spirit through Pentecostalism, right? Through the Pentecost, the day of Pentecost. And a lot of times they only think about the Holy Spirit as one that will bring you power and an anointing and give you chill bumps and, you know, all these things. And they neglect the side of the Holy Spirit who is there to teach us to guide us every day, to reveal things to us from the word every day, and then to what? Develop the nine nine gifts of the spirit within our lives, the fruits of the spirit, and to develop the characteristics and the nature of God within our life. It's not just about the Holy Ghost and power. Amen. And so a lot of people have gotten over onto that side of the Holy Ghost only, okay? But we know, so there, we have been talking about many functions of the Holy Spirit, 
And one of the functions of the Holy Spirit is what we would call the inner working of the Holy Spirit. And the inner working of the Holy Spirit is to help develop you, mature you, develop the fruits of the Spirit within your life and the characteristics and the nature of God within every believer's life. And so we started last week talking about that inner working or that function of the Holy Spirit within a believer's lives, in a believer's life, right? And talking about how important it is, is that uh, we begin to yield to our inner man and the inner working of the Holy Spirit because that's how the Holy Spirit will communicate to us because he is spirit, John 4, right? We've talked about that. And those who worship him will worship him in spirit and in truth. Not just in truth because there's some believers and denominations that only see him as the spirit of truth or the truth side, the word side, but they neglect the power side or the spirit of God side for that inner working, right? And so it's important that we recognize that he is spirit and the way we connect with God is through our spirits, through our spirits, right? And we uh, read a couple of scriptures last week, but I want to start out by talking about how we said that in Proverbs 20, this is where I want to start today, Proverbs 20, 27, it says, the spirit of the man is the lamp of the Lord, and he's searching all the innermost parts of the being. So the spirit of the man is the candle of the Lord or the light of the Lord or the one that brings illumination and revelation. You see that? Because we talked about the spirit that is the Holy Spirit is the only one that can reveal to us today who Jesus even is. Right? It's the spirit that brings that revelation to us. But he does that by the light that's on the inside of us or our spirit man, okay? And so we looked at that last week and we started beginning to talk about the fact out of 1 Thessalonians 5.23, for us to totally grasp that inner working of the Holy Spirit, we have to recognize that we are a threefold being, a threefold being, just like there is the Trinity, God the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. He is a threefold being, and we are a threefold being. Remember, we were created in His image and in His likeness, right? And so it's so important that we recognize. That in 1 Thessalonians 5.23, it says this. Now may the God of peace himself sanctify you entirely. When you got born again, God's desire for his humanity, for his man, is that we would be complete again. Completely restored. Back to the what? Same image 
or likeness that he created man to be in the garden. Amen. So when he saved us, it, he didn't just save us so that our spirit man would be right before God because this is important to recognize that a lot of people just say that the only thing that's important is that we just get people born again so that when they die, they can go to heaven. And that's their only focus. Well, that was not God's only desire. His desire was that we would be completely redeemed and restored spirit soul and body. He wants everything redeemed. Everything redeemed. And religion only will focus on the spirit of the man. And that's why there's so many believers that are still acting like the world, yet they say they're born again. Because they haven't learned how to bring their body into subjection, which is their desires and their flesh, and they continue to live carnal, and they haven't learned that the only way that we can save this soul realm is by the renewing of our mind according to the Word of God. Okay? So, we talked about the fact that we are a threefold nature man and he wants us to remain actually, he said, blameless, complete until the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. So it's not good enough that we just get people born again for us to actually be the mature church. The church that he's coming back for without spot and without wrinkle. Come on. Those that have learned to be fully matured and grow spiritually, he's looking for a complete man. Spirit, soul, and body. And so we said, I want to remind you that the soul realm is our will, our emotions, our reasonings, and our thinking. That's the soul of the man, right? Then we see our body. Our body is our flesh. This is that flesh. This is that nature. And we know that it is called a carnal nature because it is not redeemed yet. And the flesh will not be completely redeemed until we take on the glorified body. So we know, and Paul even tells us, and we're going to look at these scriptures, that uh, this body, we're going to have to bring it into subjection. We are going to have to, Paul called it, crucify the flesh, what? Daily. And so in talking about the ministry of the Holy Spirit, the ministry, one ministry of the Holy Spirit is to get all three areas of our life into a perfect man. And that's the working of the Holy Spirit to bring our soul, our mind, our emotions, our, our will to get it into an alignment with the word of God and then to get this body into alignment to the word of God. Amen. 
So this is very important if we are going to mature or grow up, 1 Corinthians talks about, from babes into a what? A man, a mature man. So that we no longer are only wanting to suck on the bottle or the milk of the word, but we're actually getting to a place that we can move over into the teachings of righteousness Hebrews talks about. Because even the baptism of the Holy Spirit, us being born again, those are baby teachings and most churches haven't even got to that. According to Hebrews. I don't have it in my notes. According to Hebrews, being filled with the Holy Ghost is a baby teaching. It's infantile. And yet most churches aren't even teaching on it. Amen. So they're staying on what? Milk. They're staying in milk. And they've not even been able to move over into places of actually righteousness teaching, which is right living. Because you're still a baby. We expect babies to not want to live right. But those that have learned how to move over into some righteousness understand that it's more about us living right, living holy. Come on. Before God, in the word of God, we can see. Amen. Hallelujah. That's why we know this church is not for everybody. So if you want to go to a church that's only preaching on milk, that's where you need to be. Because we're going to move you on over into some maturity of righteousness. That means we're going to teach that what sin is and that believers shouldn't be drinking and, and whoring around. Come on. This is what righteousness is talking about. We shouldn't be committing adultery. We shouldn't be letting all kinds of gossip and slander going on in church. This is called righteousness. Moses was a preacher of righteousness. I want to be in line with him. And what did he get for doing it? He got mocked. Right? But somebody's got to do it because we see where the church has fallen. We've seen where the church has fallen. So he is very interested in us growing spiritually completely, spirit, soul, and body. Amen? Hallelujah. And that is the working, that is the job of the inner working of the Holy Spirit is to bring us into a place of what we would call sanctification. The Holy Spirit's job is to bring us into a place of holiness and sanctification. Because once we get born again, our spirit man now is alive unto, unto God. Amen. Amen. And then he says, I'm going to write my laws within their heart. So now we have his word that's supposed to have been written within our heart to where now our spirit man now wants to do what the Holy Spirit is engaging us to do. Amen. 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 And so 
the working of the Holy Spirit is going to then begin to move within our lives and show us those things that are going to help us grow and help us mature as a believer and develop the character of God within our life and develop the fruits of the Spirit within our life to mature us and to grow us. And you know what? That will not stop. We will be in a continual process of growing. We said that once you get born again, you just begin the journey. It is not a ends to a mean. It is not the final destination. I'm born again. I'm good to go. So I can live however I want to do. I can have the American dream. I can do everything the world does. No, that is not what kingdom living is about. Amen. And so it's very important that we see some scriptures here. Because I want to talk about how the Holy Spirit talks about the inner man or the spirit of the man. Look here at uh, 1 John 4, 13. 1 John 4, 13. It says this, by this we come to know, and I'm reading it out of the Amplified because this is a good description that the Amplified gives it. When it says, by this we've come to know, perceive recognize and understand because we said that the Holy Spirit is there working on the inside of us, but we have to learn how to perceive, recognize, and know how the Holy Spirit works. We have to understand how the Holy Spirit is working on the inside of us. Amen. It says that we abide and live and remain in him and he in us because he has given or imparted to us his spirit or the Holy Spirit. That's why we're saying if you, the minute you get born again, the Holy Spirit comes to what? Make his abode within you, the scripture says, or his dwelling within you, right? But when he's now living on the inside of you or the inner man, he is now speaking to your spirit. You don't have the Holy Spirit and your spirit becomes the Holy Spirit. You understand what I'm saying? You are a spirit being. You have a spirit. But then when you get born again, the Holy Spirit begins to move in into your spirit. Right. So it's two separate things, but one. Right. They're in union together. Right. You understand that? Because some people think, well, it's just the spirit that's living within me. And, um, you know, and his spirit is the only spirit. No, you have a spirit. You are a spirit. We've already laid out all of those scriptures, right? But it's his, the Holy Spirit that now moves on in on the inside of you. And it's your spirit that the Holy Spirit is in union with talking to. Remember, we said in Philippians, in partnership with, communion with, fellowship with. So now you are in partnership, in union as one, letting the Holy Spirit work within you. You understand that? And we have to learn how to recognize and understand the Holy Spirit 
on the inside and how he is working. Now, look at 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 16. It says this, Therefore, we do not lose heart, but through our, though our outer man is decaying, our inner man, see the scripture calls it our inward, uh, inner man. King James calls it your inward man. So inner man, inward man, spirit of the man. All of these are talking about the same thing when you see these in scriptures. So it says your outer man is decaying, yet our inner man, what is it doing? Being renewed day by day. So this means that your spirit man, your spirit can grow. Stronger and stronger every day. You ought to have a strong spirit within you. A strong spirit. And the way we're going to have a strong spirit within us is allowing ourselves to meditate on the word day and night. When we begin to meditate on the word, when we begin to read the word of God, the word of God then is alive, right? By the spirit, we already proved that weeks ago. The word of God is alive and the spirit of God now begins to speak to you through the word. It becomes alive to you on the inside. And when that happens and you begin to actually yield to the word or to the spirit of what the spirit of the word is saying to you and make start making your decisions based upon the word of God, your spirit man now will grow. It will grow. Or we can say it will begin to mature. So when we talk about growing up spiritually, we're actually talking about maturing into a perfect man, into the fullness of the man that God desired or the woman that God desired for us to be. Amen. Amen. But we said this last week, we are responsible to yield. Because you can read the word all day long. I know people that read the word more than I do. And yet they're still a mess. You know why? Because they read it without actually doing it. They continue to not yield to what the spirit of the word is saying for them to do. And there will be no growth. And that's why you can see people sitting in your same church, hearing these same messages, come on, and actually people that are grabbing hold of it, doing it in their everyday life, they are growing. They're going from faith to faith, glory to glory every year. Their every year looks different than the last year. They're conquering. They've, they have the victory. Come on. All of these things. Why? Because their spirit man is growing. It's producing. It's flourishing. It's being strengthened day by day. Outside of the word, it will not happen. Outside of you daily, feasting on the bread of life, the word of God, you will not grow. It doesn't matter if you come to church every Sunday and Wednesday and serve in the nursery with the babies, which is, you know, the worst thing people think that they would have to do to serve in a church. 
Y'all know I'm telling the truth. You know what? That's where I started. Actually, I started cleaning the church. Then I progressed to the babies. Then I progressed to Sunday school teacher for missionettes. It's a progression and a journey and a leading daily, every day, yielding to what the Holy Spirit is asking of you and talking to you about. And guess who he'll talk to you through? Your pastors, as well as just your word. Amen. Hallelujah. So, renewed, your inner man can be stronger today than it's ever been. And you ought to be like we know Caleb and Joshua were at 80-something years old. He said, I am just as strong as when the day I walked into the promised land. I'm just as strong to conquer that mountain. You know why he was that strong? Because he meditated on the word day and night. He didn't let it depart from his eyes. He didn't let it depart from his ears. He meditated on it day and night, and he observed it, the scripture says. He observed it. You know what that meant? He did it. He lived by it. And that's how come he was strong in his old age. His spirit was strong. And when your spirit is strong, your body can get into alignment. If you don't have a strong spirit, then guess what is already on the decline? Because we know this body is decaying. But if you would start tapping into developing a strong spirit, your body, come on, will get into alignment. And you'll be better today than when you were in your 20s. I just told my husband that just the other day. I said, I just felt like a 20-year-old. I said, glory to God. (laughs) Hallelujah. Because I have a strong spirit. So, being renewed day by day, the inner man. Amen. Hallelujah. Now, go to John 7. John 7. And this is verses 38 through 39. 38 through 39. And I'm reading it out of the Amplified Classic. He who believes in me, who cleaves to and trusts in and relies on me, as the scripture has said, from his innermost being, Here again, he calls it your innermost being. Shall flow, say continuously. Continuously. Springs and rivers of living water. Continuously. Actually, the King James Version says, out of your belly shall flow rivers. And this is speaking of the spirit. But this is supposed to be a continuous flow day by day keeping that spring flowing right that river running because what happens when the river doesn't flow it gets stagnant eventually it can also dry up 
So there's plenty of people that are born again, but they don't let that river flow in their innermost being. They're not keeping it renewed in a continuous cycle with the Holy Spirit on the inside of me. They're dry, they're prunes, they're, uh, you know, come on, you've seen them. You're a Christian and act like you don't have any life. That means that river is not flowing. You have got it damned up. Yeah, that will preach. Because you will eventually, if you don't let it flow, you will be damned. That's the only thing it can lead to. Right? There's scripture for that, but I don't have time to preach on that. So there should be a continuous river or springs flowing, right, on the inside. It says, but he was speaking here of the spirit. So out of your belly, out of your innermost being will flow rivers. This is speaking of the Holy Spirit whom those believed, trusted, had faith in him were afterward to receive. For the Holy Spirit had not yet been given because Jesus had not yet been raised or glorified, right? So he was talking about that there was going to be a river that was going to begin to flow in those that got born again. That was you becoming alive unto God, the Holy Spirit there, living on the inside of you, a continuous flow. Continuous flow. Say a continuous flow. This is why I know when um, people right, are not excited about their relationship with the Lord anymore. Um, You know, they've walked backwards or what people call backslidden. What have they done? They have stopped up that flow, that river. They've not allowed it to continue day by day. And the way that we do that is by simply acknowledging the working of the Holy Spirit in your life. Every day when I get up, I thank, Father, I thank you. I thank you that you saved me, and I thank you for the Holy Ghost that today he's going to lead me. He's going to guide me. He's going to give me wisdom. He's going to give me everything I need today. What does that mean? I'm acknowledging the working of the Holy Spirit within my life. And the people that don't acknowledge the Holy Spirit or don't have understanding of the Holy Spirit and how he works will live a defeated life even though they're born again because they haven't learned how to know, perceive, acknowledge, and yield to the Holy Spirit on the inside. And so that river is dammed. Even though it's there, ready, it's wanting to burst open the dam. It's wanting to flow. But if you don't acknowledge it, then it won't flow. Because the Holy Spirit, unlike 
a lot of teaching is not going to come on you and control you and make you do things that you don't want to do. He is a gentleman. He can nudge you. He can prompt you. He can lead you. But ultimately, if it's going to work, if you're going to allow it to work in your life, you have to acknowledge and yield to it. I shared a little bit about my testimony, some things on and off, uh, last week. But I remember when Pastor Earl and I first got married. We'll be celebrating 32 years in September, and I can't wait to go on my cruise. (laughs) I've never been ready for that cruise more than any time. I'm telling you, because tomorrow we're leaving for Alabama, or Friday, not tomorrow. Anyway, um... So, 32 years. But when we first got married, y'all know I was a hot mess. Okay? And just learning how to navigate my life in Christ. And, uh, you know, and so I pretty much had a mouth on me. Now I've learned how to tame it. Even though y'all might not think it's tamed, it is way tame. (laughs) Way bridled compared to what it was. And um, so when we first got married, you know, I would just tell him what I thought. All the time, anytime I wanted to, whatever I thought I said and made him pay. Now, I know nobody in here ever did that. I'm just the one honest about it because I got set free from it. You won't be set free from anything you're not honest about, about yourself. And the Holy Ghost to try to get you honest because he's not a liar. And he can only speak the truth to you. And he knows you better than you know yourself. Amen. And so... You know, you may have heard, I I mean, you know, he would come in from work or whatever and say something and I would pop off, you know, tell him what I thought. I mean, I've been here taking care of these kids all day and you're going to come in here and da 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 You know, whatever. I don't know. And, um, you know, and then another thing I would say constantly, you know, because I wasn't going to let a man, you know, tell me what I needed to do and how I needed to do it and you know, had, didn't have a submission. I didn't submit. I couldn't submit to a man. That's just the truth. And so, you know, that was God beginning to work within my life. And, and so, you know, I'd say, if you don't like it, hit the road, Jack. Don't come back. I don't need no man. You know, those types of things. And, you know, you don't like what I said, then there's the door, you know, whatever. And um, just being a smart aleck. And uh, you would think I would have learned my lesson when I popped off at my mom and she gave me the pop in the mouth, but I didn't. And uh, anyway, so here I am married now and doing the same thing. And, um, you know, I remember... Me, I was at a point in my life, you know, that God was working in me and I was, you know, we were going to church and doing all these things. And I was standing there at the sink washing dishes when, you know, 
said something. And the Holy Ghost on the inside said, you need to learn to keep your mouth shut. I mean, I'm just minding my business washing dishes after I had already told him what I thought, you know. (laughs) Going on about my business. But then the Holy Ghost said, you need to learn how to keep your mouth shut. Well, I didn't know how to do that. And so, you know what I, I did? I acknowledged the Holy Ghost. How did I? I said, okay, I'm saying all this under my breath as I'm washing dishes and they're doing whatever they're doing. And uh, I said, okay, you're right. I acknowledged that I was wrong and that I needed to adjust. But you know what I said? Well, then you're going to have to help me, Holy Ghost. Because he is the what? The helper. You're going to have to help me. You're going to have to help me. So if I never would have, and I learned my lesson, was it immediate? No. Because when I'd say you'd have to help me, what did that mean? The next time some situation took place or the next time something happened and I felt like I had an opinion and wanted to say what I thought, that's when the Holy Ghost on the inside would say, remember what we talked about? We're going to keep your mouth shut, right? Bite your tongue. And I remember multiple times, many years of biting of the tongue. I didn't think I had a tongue left, (laughs) right? Every time yielding when the Holy Ghost, you said you wanted my help. So then every time he would show me in what situations that I needed to keep my mouth shut. What was that learning? Learning how to submit to the Holy Ghost, but learning how to submit to my husband, which is a whole other subject. But anyway, so yielding, I had to acknowledge, yes, you're right, and I need to change that. If I would have not, if I would have overrode, well, you don't know how he's treating me and you don't know what he's saying and, you know, all of these excuses and justified my action to the Holy Ghost, guess what would happen? Nothing. And I never would have become the woman that God needed me to become because I would have rejected the instruction of the Holy Ghost. And so how many times is the Holy Ghost instructing us daily about things within our lives that we need to adjust, we need to change, because he knows what we need to get us to another place of growth, another place of development, another place. At that time in my life, I had no idea that I would be standing and, de- and building a church and doing all the things, going into ministry and doing all the things that we're doing today. I had no idea that that was his plan for my life at those moments. But if I never would have yielded, if I never would have acknowledged the working, if I never would have done that, well, I can tell you we would not be married today. 
would not be married today. The Holy Ghost will lead you into victory. The Holy Ghost will only do what's necessary to get you to a place of full maturity and growth and into the places that he designed and purposed for your life if you just learn how to acknowledge. He will never lead you wrong. He is the best guide in your life. He's better than your mama. He's better than your daddy. He's better than your pastor. He's better than your sister, your brother, your whatever, homie. He is better. He's better because homie will lead you down some places that you best not go. Right? So, we have to acknowledge the Holy Ghost on the inside if we're ever going to allow maturity and development within our lives. Go to 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verses 9 through 16. It says, but just as it is written, things, this is it, things which I has not seen. I did not see my life in any of this arena, but he had a plan. I just wanted to be married, have a happy little family, work the nine to five job, have the six figure income back in the day, have a husband that would come home, love me and love my children and have a white picket fence around my house. That was the vision for my life. But I had not seen, come on. An ear had not heard and which had not entered the heart of man all that God has prepared for those who love him. For to us, God revealed them through the spirit. Again, everything is being revealed by the spirit. For the Spirit searches all things, even the depths of God. For who among men knows the thoughts of a man except the Spirit of the man which is in him? Even so, the thoughts of God no one knows except the Spirit of God. Now we have received not the Spirit of this world, but the Spirit who is what? From God, so that we may know. Say no. Say no. no, the things freely given to us by God, which things we also speak not in words taught by human wisdom, but in words taught by the spirit, combining spiritual thoughts with spiritual words. But a natural man does not accept the things of the spirit of God, for they are foolishness to him. Here again, and he cannot understand them because they are not, they are spiritually appraised. But he who is spiritual appraises all things, yet he himself is appraised by no one. For who has known the mind of the Lord that he will instruct him? But we have the mind of Christ. Say, I have the mind of Christ. The mind of Christ. You have the mind of Christ 
because the spirit of God lives on the inside of you. So you can now begin to know, perceive, recognize the spirit of the living God on the inside of you and begin to yield to the things that he knows better about you than you know about yourself and the things that need to be worked out for his purposes and his plans for your life. Hallelujah. And we have that advantage living on the inside of us. Amen. Hallelujah. Now, Look over at Hebrews. I, I mentioned this last week, uh, but I want to read this scripture. Hebrews 4, and talking about the threefold nature of man, again, we see how important it is here in Hebrews chapter 4 and verse 12. It says this, for the word of God is living and active, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing as far as the division, again, of soul and spirit and joint and marrow and able to judge the thoughts and the intentions of one's heart. Heart can be interchanged with the spirit of the man. Okay? Your heart. You're to love him with all your what? Heart. Your soul, your mind, your strength. So when you see the spirit of the man, you can also say the heart, your heart, okay? And so that can be interchanged there. But listen to what it says. The word is the only thing that can bring the division of the soul and the spirit. The word. That's why we need the word of God within our lives because we have to, again, we're going to read it in a minute, renew our mind to the word of God. We're going to have to allow the word of God to transform the way we think because we've been thinking like our father, the devil, when we were lost, right? And in darkness and in his kingdom. But now that we're born again, we have to begin to uh, renew or transform the way we think about everything, everything in our life, everything. I do not parent the way the world says you should parent. And I'm going to tell you, y'all need to be at this parenting conference that's coming up. I don't parent according to the world. I parent according to the word. That means I pull out the rod and whip the butt. I mean, I have seen craziness today. Kids just ruling all over their parents. No authority structure within their parents' lives. Run all over them, hit them, punch them. My kids would have never thought about putting a hand on me. I can tell you that right now. At one years old, when they start, no, no, and start popping at you, that's when it went on the butt. And if you didn't establish that at one and two years old, you can forget about it. So when your son gets 16 and tries to raise his fist to you, it's your fault. Because you didn't establish the authority from the very beginning. No kid ought to be laying a hand on their parent. I, I am appalled at the things I see today. Kicking, screaming, punching at their moms and dads. Whoo! 
hairbrush, whatever it takes on the butt. I never would have thought about laying a hand on my mom. I mean, I know I already got what it took when I tried to back talk. Soap in the mouth. Do y'all ever even do that today? All the stuff these kids say today. Have y'all ever put a bar of soap in your kid's mouth? I have. Wash their mouth out with soap, talking like that. You know what? You never heard them say it again when the foam was bubbling out of their mouth. Like a dog that has rabies. <laughs> Cuba, uh, Cujo. Come on. I'm serious. It is, it is appalling of what I see today with kids. I mean, it has gone crazy. Talking about girls gone wild. I mean, these children have gone wild. Gone wild. And we're seeing the result of it in society. Amen. Anyway, let's get off that. Where was I at? Y'all remind me so I'll stay out of trouble. <laughs> Hebrews 12. He's here to, by the word of God, pierce between the soul and the spirit and begin to judge the thoughts and the intentions of your heart. What does that mean? The word of God is going to begin to divide and show you that soulish thinking that needs to be changed. And he will begin to then also deal with the body. And the spirit, because you know what? We can have a wrong spirit. We can have a critical spirit. We can have an unforgiving spirit. We can have a resentful spirit. Even though we're born again, we can allow them things to grab hold of us. Actually, he starts talking about getting a bitter root within us. Where do you think that is? It's in your heart. So we, and that's why he tells us we should, I don't even have this in the notes, that we should what? Guard our hearts with all diligence. So we have to not only allow the word of God to transform our spirit and our mind, but then to divide and show us things even within our spirit that is wrong, that we need to adjust. And then also in dealing with our body, because you don't hear a lot of preaching about the body. But there is such things that the scripture says about gluttony, right? And, and different things. And the Holy Ghost will let you know, you know what? You're out of control in that area in your life. And try to rein you in because a lot of things that are going on in our health and issues today, we're asking God to heal us with a supernatural gift when actually we just need to get ourselves in alignment with start eating properly. And a lot of our health issues would diminish and have some self-discipline, right? And begin to exercise. We can't, do, we can't escape the natural decay 
and live in this body. We are to present our body, soul and spirit, blameless. Now, a lot of people get unbalanced, but you know what? When it comes to when you start talking about what you can eat and what you can't eat, I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about the Holy Ghost will let you know what you need to do on the inside. For you, because he knows your body and what your body can handle and what your body can't and what your body needs and what it doesn't need. And that's a personal conviction. You're not to put your own convictions on other people's lives, right? But you can't neglect your temple and expect it to fulfill Uh, run the course and run the race that God has for you and neglect the body side and just think God's going to supernaturally heal you when we know there are three things that we have to do to maintain a healthy body. Nutrition, exercise, right? And uh, water and supplements, the things that we need to keep it properly functioning. Amen. And there's nothing wrong with that. Doctors won't tell you that. I had to take my dad to the doctor uh, Tuesday up in Jacksonville. And, um, you know, they were like, I didn't even know he was on all this medication. He was like, they were like, were you on this one still, sir? Yeah. Are you on this one still, sir? Yes. Are you on this one still, sir? It was 12 different medications. Twelve different medications. Anyway, I won't get off on that. So, the Holy Ghost is concerned, though, about your body so that you can fulfill the plans that God has for your life and represent him as you are to represent the kingdom of God properly. Amen? Now, look over at Romans. We did not read this last week. Romans. Romans chapter 8. And I love the book of Romans. I would encourage y'all to read Romans chapter 8 this week at some point. We're going to read most of it. But you need to read it for yourself. I love the book of Romans. Romans says this in verse 1 of chapter 8. Therefore, there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. For the law of the spirit of life in Christ has set you free from the law of sin and death. For what the law could not do, weak as it was through the flesh... God did by sending his own son in the likeness of a sinful flesh and as an offering for sin, he, sorry, condemn sin in the flesh so that the requirement of the law might be fulfilled in us who do not walk according to the flesh. Say, I don't walk according to the flesh. But according to the Spirit, say according to the Spirit. spirit. For those who are according to the flesh 
set their minds on the things of the flesh. So if you're going to walk according to the flesh, you are going to set your mind on fleshly things. It cannot be the opposite. Flesh will only produce flesh in, uh, in your thinking and in your actions. Because we said that the Holy Spirit was the only one that was supposed to be the one that governs your life. And the Word of God is to govern your life. When we talk about the Word of God and the Spirit of God governing your life, it's talking about the fact that it's going to govern. What is it governing? What you think, what you say, and what you do. And this is your actions. This is your thoughts, right? What you think, your thoughts, what you do, your actions, what you say, your confession, or what you speak. You speak one thing and out of one side of your mouth, and then you speak another. I'm going to tell you, the Holy Ghost is not working in you if you are one day speaking fleshly and letting your mouth run off like anything else and then oh the next day you're going to act like well the holy ghost is telling me this and the holy ghost is telling you that no sir you can't speak out of the both sides of your mouth there's only one spirit that's going to be coming up See that? Which I don't, I don't have that scripture down, but it is in the word. Okay, what's, what verse were we on? So we're going to walk up, verse 5. For those who are according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh, but those who are according to the spirit, the things of the spirit. That means if you're set on the things of the spirit, guess what you're going to be speaking? Things of the spirit. Not of the flesh. For the mind set on the flesh is death. The flesh will only produce death. Even if you're born again, if you begin to operate in the flesh, it will only produce flesh, death. Because you, God is not mocked. Whatever you sow, you will reap. If you sow to the flesh, you'll reap destruction. If you sow to the spirit, you'll reap life and of the spirit so flesh will only produce death within your life destruction not physical but it will produce death to your marriage it can produce death in relationships with your how you talk to your children how you talk to your spouse You sow to the flesh. If I would have continued to sow to the flesh, meaning say whatever I wanted to say to my husband and act like a fool to him, if I would have continued to say that, I know I said we would be divorced because I would have only produced death. Only produce death because that's all it can produce. You see that? So verse 7. It's, or verse six, it says, for the mind set on the flesh is death, but the mind set on the spirit is life and peace. You see what's, what's being produced in your home. Is there peace or is there always turmoil? Is there always confusion? Is there always chaos? Is there always drama? Is there always yelling and screaming? You can look and see 
What is it that you've been saying, acting, and doing in your responses? And if it's not producing life and peace, then you can be assured you have been in the flesh. You see what I'm saying? Because the mindset on the flesh is hostile towards God, for it does not subject itself. We are responsible. Just like we said, we have to renew our mind. We have to feed our spirit so that it can grow. We have to bring this body into subjection, this flesh into subjection. And it will only happen when we yield to the word of God and to the spirit of God and what he's telling us. And if we don't, we can still produce all kinds of things within our life, even as a believer. So um, he goes on to say, it does not subject itself to the law of God, for it is not even able to do so. For those who are in the flesh cannot please God. You are not pleasing God when you're acting a fool. When you're acting in the flesh, when you're going off and, and just having a piece of your mind. Right? So it says in verse 9, however, you are not of the flesh, but in the spirit. If indeed, if you are saying that you have the spirit of God living in the inside of you, that's what he's saying. If indeed the spirit of God dwells in you. But if anyone does not have the spirit of Christ, he does not belong to him. If Christ is in you, though the body is dead because of sin, yet the spirit is alive because of righteousness. But if the spirit of him who raised Christ from the dead dwells in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his spirit who dwells in you. So have you ever noticed and I noticed this. I'll give this testimony. Years ago, back still when we were over at 312 location, um, it was my husband's 20th year um, high school reunion. I think it was 20. Was it 20? Yeah. It was the 20th year anniversary, or, you know, whatever. High school reunion. Well, we had not, may have been 10 years. Five? What are you saying? Well, whatever. You the one that graduated, not me. So. <laughs> you can say, huh? That's true. <laughs> this is the truth. We shall not lie. Huh? Anyway, whatever year it was, um, we had not, you know, we had disconnected to all of our past, all of our friends, all of these things when we got married. So we had not had any connection with any of these people. He had not. He, he went to kindergarten and graduated with these people. So he had relationships with these people that we ended up, you know, cutting off because we, our life was going in a whole nother direction. So, uh, and anyway, so he decided, you know, we're going to go back to this high school reunion. And so we go back and, um, I am like floored at how old these people looked. <laughs> and we were grandparents at the time. 
and all of them because they're lost and they all look so old. And we come in and they're like, man, y'all looking good. Look, you know, because I got the life of God on the inside of me. We're glowing. We have the spirit of God. The glory is upon us. So people recognize the glory and they couldn't explain it, you know, and couldn't understand who this woman was that Earl ended up marrying because, you know, he was the most popular, you know, all that superlative stuff, the biggest flirt and all that stuff. Yeah. Little 135 pound biggest flirt. He came in. Hey, I finally get to talk about him like he always does me (laughs) when he preaches. Y'all know more about me than y'all know about him anyway. So, um, you know, there are, I'm just like floored. These people look old, you know, they just look beat down. They look so unhappy, you know, and all these things. Anyway, it's because of the life of God. It's because of the spirit of God. That's what I'm saying. The life of God lives on the inside of us and can, what was I saying? Quicken our mortal bodies. Our bodies can even be quickened and changed and strengthened and renewed by the life of God. Your mind can be restored if you were on drugs in the past. That's why I constantly say, we're quick, we're sharp, we're bright, we're smart. We have the mind of Christ. Come on, we are full of wisdom and full of life. You have to speak those things over yourself. And when you get among some people, you'll recognize, man, the the Lord really has done a work. You can say, but God. But God. God and thank God for the Holy Ghost on the inside of you and the spirit of life and you're no longer under the bondage of death and decay and destruction and depravity of mind and insanity. Come on. Because that's what the spirit of life can do. Quicken everything. Hallelujah. Quicken everything. So, verse 12, it says, So then, brethren, we are no longer under obligation, not to the flesh, but to live or to live according to the flesh. For if you live according to the flesh, you must die. But if by the Spirit you are putting to death the deeds of the body, you will live. For this is verse 14 which is what I was wanting to get to. For all who are being led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. These are the sons of God. The ones that are being led by the Spirit of God daily. The ones that are allowing the Holy Spirit to lead us and guide us into every area of our life, every Uh, every system that we have going on within our lives, in our jobs, in our marriages, raising our children, in our finances, right? Everything should be subject in our mind, our will, our emotions 
our flesh, everything should be subject to the Holy Spirit and the leading and guiding of the Spirit of God on the inside of us every day. And when we begin to understand, recognize, perceive, that's the Holy Spirit speaking to me, we must obey it and yield to it. And again, I said this last week, a lot of times you may not understand why you're having to do what he's asking you to do. But I can assure you, every time, I, without fail, in 32 years of my life and this journey of being led by the Spirit of God on the inside of me, every time I yielded, it only brought pro, uh, production or, pro, or um, growth and progress. Every time. And it was for my good. It was for victory in areas of my life to overcome every time. And the more you yield and the more you train, Brother Hagan says it this way, we have to train our spirits. And this is what we're talking about. Training our spirit to yield, to subject, to do it. And when we do it, and we actually yield to it, then growth can begin to happen. And the more we do it, the more we yield, the more we've learned how to recognize, perceive, understand that this is the Holy Spirit speaking to me, and I'm going to acknowledge it, I'm going to yield to it. The more we do it, the more we can grow. The more that we can mature. The more that we can overcome. And what we call training is what we call practice. The more we practice it, the more we practice yielding, guess what? The less you'll miss it. And the less you'll find yourself in messes. Because a lot of messes that we get ourselves in is because the Holy Ghost all along was trying to tell us something and we rejected it. We denied it because we really wanted to do what it was telling us not to do. And it got us in trouble every time. Every time it gets us in trouble when we choose not to yield to what the Holy Ghost is saying and want to do it our way or want to not, or we don't want to hear what the Holy Ghost is saying because this, this, you know, could look a certain way. I mean, I'm going to tell you, there's lots of things he's going to ask you to do. Period. To try to get you to grow. To try to get you to where you need to be. I remember when, uh, you know, we first got married or in that time and there was some relationships that we used to have with different people that always used to party and do all these things. And we would go over there and all this. And here we're trying to get our life on the right track and do what, you know what? Those times the Holy Ghost had to say, don't go and hang out with them any longer. Cut that relationship off. If I would not have yielded, because, you, I mean, they were my best friend growing up or whatever the case. I'd still be smoking pot, drinking, and divorced like every single one of them that have been. Yes. 
I'm just saying. There's things he's going to ask you to do that at the time you don't want to do. But if you don't do it, it is only going to be to your destruction and your demise. That's just how it is. Amen. Because he's trying to get you to a different place. So, but those who are going to be led by the spirit of God, these are the sons of God. Amen. Hallelujah. The sons of God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Hallelujah. I want to read one more scripture or two more, three more. Can y'all handle it? Um, look over here in James, James chapter one. Remember, we're still dealing with spirit, soul, and body and submitting every one of those areas to the Lord. James 1, 21, 25 says this, therefore, putting aside all filthiness and all that remains in wickedness and humility, receive the word implanted which is able to save your souls. Receive the word that's implanted. Uh, King James says, receive the engrafted word of God, which is able to save your soul. Remember, we said your spirit man is the one that got born again. Now your soul has to be saved still. You're saved, your spirit's saved, but your soul has to now be saved. And the only thing that can save your soul, again, back to Hebrews 4.12, is the word of God. Is the word of God. And not just you reading the word or sitting at church and hearing the word. No, you have to what? receive the word, meaning you have to receive it in your heart and you have to submit to it. You have to submit to it. Whatever the word is saying to you that you need to do as a husband, as a coworker, as a friend, as a parent, as a spouse, right? Whatever it is that you see in the word that the Holy Spirit is speaking to you and saying, listen, this needs to tweak in your life to get you to another place. And if you hear it and, and, and see and recognize and the Holy Spirit reveals it to you, again, you have to begin to do it. To do it. Because just hearing it, you will what? Okay, it says, so we have to receive the word to transform our mind or to save our mind, it says, but prove yourselves to be what? Doers. Doers of the word, right? And not merely hearers. What happens when you just hear what you need to do and you don't do it? You become deluded or deceived. So you think just because you come to church, you're all good. Yet the Holy Spirit, through the word of God, has said, no, but I need to work on this in your life, and you choose not to be a doer of it, you are deceived. You become deluded, thinking that you're okay when you're not. And that's why we see a lot of people in the church as believers that are still not okay. 
The bottom line is they're not doing what they're hearing the Holy Ghost say to do. Because I can tell you what, the Holy Ghost is always speaking. Even when I didn't even know it was the Holy Ghost, he was speaking to me. How much more? We who are being taught, this is the Holy Ghost speaking to you. And if you don't yield to it and you don't yield to it and you don't do it and you don't do it and you don't do it, then we know what we talked about in the weeks prior that you can what? Reject, you can deny, and you can grieve the Holy Ghost. And guess what? He'll stop talking to you about that and you will become deceived. Right? Because you've rejected the working of the Holy Ghost on the inside of you. You delude yourself. And the sad thing about that is many don't even, under, don't even know that they're deceived. And then when you try to let them know, you are deluded. You're deceived. <gasps> you know, this is the reaction. There should be evidence and progress and pro and production of there's a word I'm trying to think always and that's not coming out there should be the evidence of the characteristics and the nature of God in your life and the fruits of the spirit that have been developed within your life and your life should be going from faith to faith glory to glory your life should be growing evident people ought to be able to see that you're walking in the word that you're going from faith to faith that you're growing that nothing's hindering you that your emotions still don't control you why because you've learned how to uh, yield to the Holy Ghost but if you don't see there's no evidence in your life that faith is even there. You're not producing not one thing that the word says that we should have, like the fruit of the spirit, which is bare minimum. Then it's evident you are deluded and deceived. You've deceived yourself. You see that? Because it says, for if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like a man who looks in the natural face with the natural face in a mirror. For once he has looked at himself and gone away, he has immediately forgotten what kind of person he is. So the Holy Ghost is a mirror by the word of God saying, this is what you should look like. This is the mirror. This is the image. This is the characteristics. This is the nature that as a believer you should look like. But if you don't do it, you're going to walk away, come on, and not even be who he said you were to be. So, but the one who looks intently at the perfect law, the law of liberty, and abides by it, not having become a forgetful hearer, but an effectual doer. This man will be blessed in what he does. You should see the blessing of the Lord upon your life. Hallelujah. Pastor Marcus, you can come. You should see it because there would be evidence of the fruit and the character being built within your life by the Holy Ghost. Because you're doing the word. You're becoming, you're being transformed into the image that God created 
you to be. Look at Romans 12.1 as they're coming up. Romans 12.1. I want to read it out of the, um, the Passion Translation. Beloved friends, what should be our proper response to God's marvelous mercies? To surrender yourselves to God, to be his sacred living sacrifice and live in holiness, experiencing all the delights his, the, that delights his heart. For this becomes your genuine expression of worship. Stop imitating the ideals and opinions of the culture around you, but inwardly, say inwardly, be transformed by the Holy Spirit through a total reformation of how you think. Hallelujah. This will empower you to discern God's will as you live a beautiful life, satisfying and perfect in His eyes. Hallelujah. Thank you so much for listening to this message. If you want more, subscribe to our message podcast on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, and SoundCloud. Rating and leaving a comment will go a long way with helping our messages get better circulation. If you'd enjoy watching our weekend messages, visit youtube.com forward slash anchor faith. We'd love it if you'd subscribe, leave a comment or a like on the messages. If you'd like to find out more information about us and how we're influencing the world and help support the work we're doing by giving, just visit anchorfaith.com. <laughs>